Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast, brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 331, recorded live on Sunday, October 27th, 2013. And here are your hosts, the man who's been here for the three previous times, Dave Pillay. Hey! The man who's uh, finally glad that we're actually able to record this episode, Andy Lowe. Hi. Welcome back. Fourth time. We've tried Fourth time's the charm. Yeah. Fourth time's the charm. Andy is not talking about the three previous episodes, as in, like, episode two, uh, 328, 329, and 330. Oh, no. <laughs> this weekend, this is our fourth attempt. We're going to do it, I swear. My fault. Come hell or high water. Oh, two of them are my fault. <sighs> One attempt was Andy forgot to update his notes. Yeah. It is Sunday, not Saturday. No, it is definitely Sunday. I have curling tonight. You have curling tonight? Yes. Good luck. And I have curling tomorrow. Throw your stones into the house, right? Yeah. No, you okay, yeah. cool. Next <laughs> week I'll say throw your rocks at your home, but throw your <laughs> stones into the house. There's got to be some weird curly metaphor there, like those who live in... What, like, ice houses? Ice houses shouldn't throw stones. Should like throw stones? I don't know. It, it, it is throw, though, right? I mean, yes. everything else has a, a special word. No, you literally throw the stone, so... Okay, what's the, the set of games called? What do you mean? Like a round. It wasn't a round. Oh, a bonspiel. Bonspiel, okay. Yes, you, you could play a round robin in a bond spiel. There also are cash bond spiels as well. Yes, sure. Okay. I could just make up silly words and you would be like, yes, sure, okay. <laughs> it, I mean, that's really the, the truth, Andy, is you, you could just make these up. I could be like, oh, well, you, for, for when I said, like, is there a, a special word for throw? You could have made up a word there. Yeah, but there isn't one. <laughs> and I totally would have believed you. I, I know, I know. This oh. opportunity. So that's last okay. week was a random topic recap. Yes, uh, the first in how long? 32 episodes? Wow. 30 episodes, something like that. Yeah, we definitely have a random topic recap buffer again. Yeah, I, I think so. At some point, you might want to just throw those together so that all we need to do is attach an opening. I don't even attach an opening. If you listen to the... Do you even listen to the... No, why would you listen to the random topic recap? That makes no sense. <laughs> Andy, I don't listen to the show. <laughs> well, there's your problem. I, is that a problem? I mean, does does like John Stewart listen to the Daily Show? I don't know. Some people, some because I I did some acting in high school and other yeah. things like church production and that sort of stuff. So I was actually like talked to people who were actual like working at the Civic Theater sort of thing. And some of them like to watch their performances to see how they were. Other people don't. So it's it's a hit and miss with some actors about whether or not they actually want to watch their performances to take notes. Right. I always find it helpful, especially if you have an outsider who actually watches with you so we need to have an ra podcast listening party do it like monday nights on irc somewhere there are some times though when i listen to the show where i like i pause it and then i correct myself (laughs) so at some point i feel like i should put on an episode of me talking about a previous episode oh man kind of meta i would have to like somehow like auditorily signify yeah yeah that was the problem with the april fool's episode is i guess everybody i didn't put an audio cue for when the time switched so we could i mean there there are ways to do that okay that would be a really long episode, though, if I had to actually like pause it and pause myself. every time. Yeah. Okay. Well then, but it's it's Sunday now, mm-hmm. and I have Skype working again. Mm-hmm. Andy made me hungry, so we should get to topics because now I want to go and eat food. Because Andy was describing a slow cook meal that he's making right now. Mm-hmm. Which is why my hands smell like onion and garlic. 
there are worse things that a hand could smell like. <laughs> there are better things that hands could smell like. But then again, I'm not about to go and smell your hand, so it really doesn't matter to me. I don't know. That's the the cooked garlic smells okay, but the raw garlic that that can be smells overpowering. Like raw a bit. garlic. I know, and that that could be could be a little much. <laughs> Hey, that's my noise. Yeah, and I'm stealing it. Right. Well, should we talk about topics? I suppose. Which would you like to start with? Um, uh, let's talk about something that I've been playing constantly now that it's out. Okay. Plans for Zombies 2? Yes. Constantly, really? Well, not constantly, but it's my now go-to game on my phone. Okay. We need to, I, I think that brings up a question that we need to readdress of, you know, we, we talked about it a long time ago about whether or not the phone was a viable gaming system. In the sense of when you're sitting at home, are you going to sit on your couch and pull out your phone? And he just pulled out his phone. I forgot the noise was on. You were going to play <laughs> Plants for Zombies while we recorded. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Andy! Oh, the phone's over there now. Now it's on vibrate. So I gather that, yes, you, you do indeed just pull out the phone when you're at home now. Yes. Okay. I believe that's a shift. It is a shift. Like, um, oh, uh, Newegg was having one of their uh, spectacular Halloween sales, and it was for a 12 months of Xbox Live, and you got a $20 Xbox uh, credit if you bought it, mm-hmm. which looks like a good deal. But then I was sitting there thinking, when was the last time I went on Xbox Live? When was the last time I went on my Xbox? You just play on your phone now. Yeah, I play on my phone or I play on the computer. Actually, no, I actually know when the last time I was on my Xbox. Yes. That was for the uh, Assassin's Creed initiates. Ah. But outside of that, that not on my Xbox. So I was like, hey, look, this is a fun game on my phone. I can play that. I can just pull this out and start playing. It kills your battery, though. Oh, my God. It, it kills does. Your battery. Oh, they're playing. I'm like, what? 47% already. I just unplugged this thing. Plug it back in. And I luckily but have an app that will tell me how long it will take to charge. So I'm like, it's okay. Yeah. It's very well done. I like how they monetized it because it doesn't really interfere with the actual gameplay. Nope. It's just if you're bored, you can pay money to get things, but you don't have to. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you don't pay money, it's exactly like Plants vs. Zombies. Yep. But it's out on Android. Yes. Now, Apple's period of exclusivity has fallen, has expired. Now, they haven't said one way or the other whether Apple paid them to make it exclusive or if they just finished the iOS version first and released it. Am I right in saying that? Yes. They have okay. not said either way if it was a paid exclusivity or if it was just how the chips fell. Well, what's your thought, Andy? That's a tough one. The cynical guy inside of me says, oh, yeah, Apple probably paid them to keep it on iOS. But then the other guys, I'm like, well, what's how does that make? Wouldn't EA want to get it out to as many platforms as soon as possible to try and monetize it as much as possible? Unless Apple wanted to pay them a lot of money. It had to have probably been a lot of money. I'm I'm going with the Apple paid for it to be exclusive. No, that makes sense. No proof, but uh, that that's where I'd I'd lean. No, it sounds right. So. Okay, but it's out on yes. both. Go download it and play it. It's free. Crazy Dave. I was thinking of doing that as a Halloween costume. All you'd need, you would actually have to grow a beard, though. Or I could go and pick up a beard. Or I could draw on a beard. <laughs> I need a white polo shirt. And a pot. And a pot with a dent in it. So I'd go to, like, uh, Goodwill and just pick out their cheapest pot. And put a dent in it? Smack it with a hammer. I'll deliver that box to myself. Then I'll smash it with a hammer. What? Uh, Emperor's New Groove. Okay. Sorry, it's a movie quote that started going in my head. Okay. I remember yeah. Emperor's New Groove, David Spade. Yeah. And, and shit, what's his name? Oh, uh, Krunk. What's his name? Does the voices for, like, everything cool. I know. He was on uh, Rules Engagement with David Spade. God, I can't think of his name. Well, that's going to drive Andy insane. Hold on. <laughs> 
And Patrick Warburton. There we go. Now I feel better. Joe from Family Guy. Yeah, he's done a lot of voices. He has done so many voices. He does Samson from the Venture Brothers. Also true. He was in Call of Duty? Wow. Yeah, he's gotten kind of big into video games lately, if I recall. Well, it probably means because he was probably busy with rules of engagement and then came in to do video voiceover work. <laughs> so speaking of Apple devices. Yeah. Oh, Apple had had a little announcement, didn't they? Yes. What did they announce? Well, they announced a smorgasbord of things. Go for it. Okay. So first off, the big announcement was the iPad Air, which is... Which is, is the iPad, but lighter. Yes. 20% thinner and a half pound lighter. Okay, so... So I just just kind of putting this out there, making things lighter and smaller in technology, not that groundbreaking. They made it seem groundbreaking. I know they made it seem groundbreaking, but the iPad came out, what, like four years ago? Four or five years ago, I think. The, the technology improvements in four or five years, yes, I would actually expect it to be smaller and lighter. Oh, the first iPad was released April 3rd, 2010. Okay, so three and a half years. Yeah, three and a half years. Yeah, so smaller and lighter. Cool. Um, let's see. There was the new iPad mini. Retina display. Yep. With the high. Should have had that to begin with. Yeah, they should have had that to begin with. So let's see. That was an ex- uh, it talked about the MacBook Pro, the one that looks like a trash can. Uh, Mac Pro. The Mac Pro. You're right. Sorry. It's the same mistake I make. MacBook Pro. Which is funny because the next announcement was they were making a MacBook Pro with a retina display. Yep. Which I, I don't know. Do, do you really need a retina display on a laptop? Do you need a retina display on a phone? No. And there's your answer. <laughs> True. Uh, let's see. They talked about a bunch of different apps. So new iWork apps, new iLife apps. And they also said the new version of OS. Maverick. Maverick? Maverick. They ran out of big cats. So they went to Top Gun? I guess. Or failed 2008 presidential elections? Mm. Um, it's going to be free. What? Yeah. Okay, that's a pretty significant announcement. I know, which is kind of funny that it was kind of buried under the new iPad Air announcement. But yeah, OS X is going to be free. Free as in beer, not free as in speech? Yes. Okay. Wait, what do you mean free as in speech? When you talk about free software, yes, like open source software, and you say it's free, it is free as in speech, not as in beer. Ah, yeah, this is not open source, so this is definitely free as in beer. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. That That's a pretty radical shift. I know. So they're just giving away the operating system. Yeah. Now, I mean, is there is there a requirement? Do you have to have previously owned an Apple system? Uh, OS X Mavericks will be available as a free download from the Mac App Store on OS X Snow Leopard or later. So yes. Yeah. It's not free. It's a free upgrade. Yes. There is a huge difference. But it's going to be supposedly free on all new MacBooks, which technically the OS was always quote unquote free. Free, right. I mean, MacBooks. it was always included in the price. Yeah. So are they dropping the price by however much money the OS used to cost? Probably not. No. <laughs> so it's not free. Yeah, we were discussing this in uh, my Tuesday-Thursday class, and he was like, oh, yeah, it's free. And I'm like, yeah, it's free, except you're paying the Apple tax. And he's like, what's the Apple tax? Oh! And I'm sitting there going, like, in, really? my head, in my head thinking, really, you don't know what the Apple tax is? You don't know that they intentionally charge more than it's actually worth because they know that people will pay it? To uh, be honest, though, he did actually used to work for Apple, so maybe his fanboy blinders were on. What's the Apple tax? I used to get all my stuff for free. Yes. 
as he sits there and gives us a rundown of his RSS feed as we discuss topics during the first part of the day on his uh, iPad mini. Wow. Yeah. There are many things wrong with that class. Seriously, man, complain to the head of the department. Oh, I plan on. Oh, I plan on. Okay. Um, So free, well, not free OS, but free upgrade if you have an existing OS. That's unfortunate. I was kind of hoping if... Let me say this. If they had released it for free, I'd go and dual boot my machine. I'd run an OS X86. What advantages would using Mavericks give you? There are certain programs that are only available for Mac that are not terrible programs. In fact, they are quite useful. Like Final Cut? Final, well, except I'm not going to go out and buy Final Cut. I was thinking uh, TextMate, ah. one of the best text editor softwares out there. There's a, yeah, there are a couple of Apple-only products that are actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. But no, nope. oh well, mm-hmm. <laughs> no loss to me. <laughs> and really no loss to Apple, because again, I'd only do it if it were free. True. Freaking Apple. <laughs> um, high-density from- high density displays. Ah, yes, speaking of retina displays. 4K. We've 4K. I saw a 4K TV at Best Buy. What? Yep, at the local Best Buy out here, there was a 4K TV. When's the last time you were in Best Buy, Andy? <laughs> Before Kate bought her Kindle. So go to Best Buy sometime, Andy. They're selling 4K TVs. And I saw it, and I laughed. You laughed? I laughed. I said, you've got to be kidding me. Because they had it side by side with like a, just a regular 1080p. And you know what? Couldn't tell the difference. My guess is because they didn't have any 4K. My guess is even if it was, you really, from like 10, 15 feet away, which is how far away you should be on a TV that size, you can't tell the difference. Well, that, there's, there's a threefold thing. Okay, so the displays are coming out. The 4K displays. Yes. Yeah. The throughput is actually finally starting to get there. I think it's like one of the new HDMI standards that you're actually able to handle 4K resolution, I think. Okay. But then the third part of this trifecta is the 4K content. Is the 4K content. Which, for the most part, doesn't exist. And what looks like is not going to exist. Oh? Uh, Fox Sports, which you would think, like, the, the... Of anything that would be 4K. Yeah, if anything that would be HD... That was, like, the leading edge of HD content was sports content. Right. They always talked about, oh, look at the players moving, this, that, and the other thing. So you'd think, like, okay, sports would be the leading edge of 4K. Um, Fox Sports, VP of Field Operations, asserted that Fox is not going to do 4K broadcasting. Until he loses his job. He says they uh, he spent millions going to HD and never got an extra dime from advertisers, and 4K is literally four times as much data. Yep. And there's probably not going to be any new return on that as well. Nope. So, uh, you know, okay. Fox doesn't want to do 4K. Yeah, it's... But... What about Sony? What about what about Blu-rays? What about digital can, distribution? Can Blu-rays handle 4K? I don't know if it's in their throughput. I think you get the Blu-ray content. I think there's an upscaler built into the TV. Well, the PS4 is supposed to be able to deliver 4K, I thought. Sony PS4 versus Xbox One, the 4K war begins. Xbox Ones will ship with a 4K-ready HDMI cable. Okay. So both game consoles are, are working on this. Playing 4K Blu-ray discs. So yes, the answer is yes. The Blu-ray forum hasn't actually agreed to the various codecs and standards for 4K Blu-rays yet. Okay. So it is out there, but nobody's agreed on a standard yet. So you're probably not going to have 4K Blu-rays out there at any point. Well, any point is a long time. Well, any point soon. Right away, I can agree. Which, I don't know, the way that we're shying away from physical media, 
we're going to have to get our infrastructure. I mean, Andy, you and I have been talking about moving away from physical media for three years, four years. It's happening, but it's slow. Yes, which our current bandwidth, we're not going to see 4K Netflix probably for another decade. Right. Which is kind of funny because House of Cards was supposedly shot. In 4K? In 4K. Ooh. But yeah, good luck trying to, you know, convince Comcast to let Netflix use up that much 4K. more bandwidth. So instead of streaming one video, I'd like to stream the equivalent of four videos simultaneously at the same output rate. Can you do that? Yeah, I think they're going to say no. Yeah. Oh, man, that's a decision I need to make soon, Andy. What? What sort of internet am I getting? That is an excellent question. This is the first time I've ever had to make that call. Because you've always been in places where it's like, this is your internet? It's either this is your internet or here's free internet. Huh. So Netflix. Well, we're talking about Netflix and 4K. Okay. Uh, Netflix might actually have a better bargaining position than, than we think in the sense that Netflix now has more U.S. subscribers than HBO. Oh. Which means potentially House of Cards had a larger potential audience than The Sopranos. That's interesting. Or then Game of Thrones. That's also really interesting. Now, granted, I'm going to guess at least a third of the people who watch Game of Thrones aren't watching it on HBO. No, probably not. They should go grab that. (laughs) (laughs) I think I've, I've only finished watching like one and a half seasons. Oh, we're not, we don't have Comcast's announcement on here, do we? Comcast made an announcement? Yeah, Comcast. And it's all TV today. I know. Uh, they were making an announcement with about HBO. <laughs> we are providing HBO for free. Uh, well, no, they're offering HBO without a cable subscription. So you could get just HBO. Um, if you get the Internet Plus option, which includes basic TV packages, 25 megabits per second broadband, and you could get a subscription to HBO and HBO Go. So Internet and HBO. Yeah. Wow. Okay, that's kind of interesting. Well, it's just the fact that HBO, I think, it's, I'm not sure if this was HBO's doing or Comcast's doing, but it's somebody uh, Somebody wants to get HBO out to a wider audience because of all, you know, every, you go to work and everybody's like, oh, did you watch Game of Thrones? You're like, I don't have HBO. No, I don't have HBO. How many of the people who, you know, get Game of Thrones however they can would pay to, you know, just get HBO and, you know, be able to watch these things? I mean, I'm considering it, but then again, I don't get Comcast out here. This is not Comcast territory. Who do you have out there? Time Warner. Ah. I think. No, not Time Warner. Charter. We get Charter out here. See, this is the thing. Like, I haven't paid attention to it because I don't need to know it. Now I do. Okay. So anything else along the lines of uh, TV and electronic communication or sports or? Uh, not that I can think of. Hold okay. on. I'm throwing the Comcast and HBO story up here. Um, let's see. What else do we hit on? Um, blah, 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 blah. PAX sold out in two hours. I heard 45 minutes. PAX East sold out in 45 minutes? Yeah. Andy and I missed it by an hour? No, no, you missed it by a day. I was going to miss it by a day. Because I saw, like, hey, hey, uh, PAX tickets are going on sale Wednesday at, at noon. I'm like, oh, awesome. Hey, Andy, tickets go on sale tomorrow at noon. Not realizing that that day was Wednesday. So I get a message, PAX tickets are going on sale tomorrow at noon. I'm like, oh, really? So then I just search for PAX East to set up an alarm for myself. And, and then I, I see a news article from uh, Joystick. Three-day passes to PAX East sell out in minutes. And I'm like, oh. They're already sold out. <laughs> By the time the information got to me, they were already gone. Yep. 
Too bad. Too I guess bad. So Gen sad. Con this year. I guess we're going to Gen Con this year instead. Well, that's a whole different time of the year. Yeah. It's it's usually like a week or two before PAX. Ah. So they sold out of three-day passes. One-day passes, there are still many. I thought they were said they were few. Hold on. Let me check the website. Saturday is the... low. Friday is available. Sunday is available. Ah. But if you bought three one-day passes, it'd be 120 bucks rather than the $75. 75 yep. Kind of sucks. God, if PAX East sold out in 45 minutes and how much bigger PAX East is compared to PAX Prime. Prime PAX, sells out in like half an hour or 20 minutes. That was last year. I think it's going to be under 20 minutes this year. Under it, 20 it, minutes. That's that's quite a bold statement. It's going to be quick no matter what it is. It's going to be a little crazy. Yep. I almost feel like they should do a, a lottery system at this point. That could work. Like you have, maybe we should email Koo or something and be like, look, set it up so that you have a three-day period to purchase a pass and then randomly pick. That would kind of suck, though, if you were like had a group of so many people and not your whole group got in. Yeah, I mean, are you better off buying a big block of tickets or everyone buying individual tickets? If everyone buys individual, there's more chances that someone will get to go. <laughs> well, so the other side of that is you could you could potentially back out. Mm. So you could say, oh, well, I'll buy tickets, enough tickets for all of us, and you buy enough tickets for all of us. And if we both get it, then I'll just cancel mine. That also could work. What would be interesting, though, is if they had a table set up at PAX where you could pre-register for next year's show. Where you could pre-register for next year? Yeah. So that the people who get to go get to keep going? Yeah. Um, seems a little unfair. True, but oh, not every- man, I'm so excited to go to my first year of PAX. Oh, tickets have been sold out for five months because everyone from last year is going again. Yeah, you're right. That does sound a little a bit of dickish move. Yeah. Uh, no, let's not do that. Let's not do that and say we didn't. Right. Let's pretend we never even thought about that. Okay. I kind of like my idea, though, the lottery system. No, that's what most uh, ticket venues are doing now. Right. For high-value tickets. High-demand tickets, because I mean, there's incredible demand here. So speaking of something that's not, you know, my stupid idea for PAX. Yeah. The Galaxy Gear. Galaxy Remember that Gear. little? That's the watch? That's the watch. Um, it turns out it's actually going to be compatible with my phone uh, coming at the end of November. Your phone, the S4? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's getting, there's an update coming down so we can actually work with a larger selection of Galaxy devices. Does that include the S3? I do believe it does. Oh, Let oh, me man. actually find out. Galaxy Gear's return date. Uh, it's return rate. Release schedule for the update, so you could, if you wanted to, get the S4. You're on Sprint now? Yep. Let's see, the Galaxy S3. Well, I'm on Cyanogen. Well, the update for the Sprint network is going to be 11.6. I'm on Cyanogen. Oh, well, I don't know if you're going to actually be able to work with the gear or not. Death by incompatibility. <laughs> Ouch. Well, since I'm stock, I can get 4.3 on uh, 11.18. So I should have 4.3 by the time Thanksgiving rolls around. Okay. But that's not part of the story they were actually wanted to talk about. Did you want to talk about the 30% return rate? Yeah, 30% return rate for one, the Galaxy Gear. One out of, roughly, one out of every three sold goes back. <laughs> Wow, that's that's sad. I'm impressed. I I'm I like the idea of it, and their commercial for it is actually fantastic. Have you seen it yet? Oh, all the other previous watches. Yeah, like the Dick Tracy watch, the uh, Jetsons, the Jetsons. Uh, I think they had Pip Boy in there. Uh, they had the Power Rangers. They had uh, Knight Rider. Yep. All these these great little watches, and then say like promise fulfilled. Like here you go. It's a brilliant idea. 
it's the first round of it, and it does need a little more work. Yeah, it's a bit annoying that it doesn't actually work with most of the Google apps. Yeah. Which is basically what people use on Android devices. You use Gmail, you use Google Calendar, use a lot of apps, and this watch only basically works with the Samsung apps, which are annoying because I don't use them because they're annoying. So one out of every three goes back to Best Buy. Do you know what happens to another one out of every three? Gets put on eBay? It gets rooted. Oh. At its core, this is an Android device. True. So people have, been, people have figured out how to sideload apps onto it. Can I get Cyanogen on my watch? Possibly. That might be better. I don't know. What, is, what does XDA have to say about it? I don't know. I haven't looked it up. Galaxy Gear and the XDA developers. How to root your Samsung Galaxy Gear. <laughs> Enhanced notifications. New gear manager. Oh, that's funny. It has its own uh, kind of special sub-thread for smartwatches. Well, you probably, because uh, doesn't Sony have a watch as well? Yep, the Sony smartwatch, the Pebble, and the Galaxy Gear. Mm-hmm. How to install Android apps or games. Yeah, because I think that when I listen to Pandora at work, mm-hmm. there's times where I'm sitting there like wishing I could just not have to pull my phone out of the pocket to, you know, give it a thumbs up or give it a thumbs down or tell it to pause or fast forward or whatever. Just do it on your on your watch. Yeah, that's stuff like that where you're just like, man, I really don't want to fish this thing out of my pocket again. I'm sitting down. You have to really have to like stand up in order to get enough. I, I usually have my phone on my desk. I don't have a desk. Oh, I'm literally like on my feet for about seven to seven and a half hours out of my day. Belt clip. Really? You want me to wear a belt clip? I mean, it's better than fishing the phone out of your pocket. God, I'll look like such a dork. Andy. <laughs> Let me clue you into something. <laughs> okay. You're about 29 years too late. <laughs> Wait, are you saying I was born a dork? That's a little sad. Tell me I'm wrong. I wasn't dorky when I was a baby. Tell me I'm wrong. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't have long-term <laughs> memories from that era of my lifetime. Okay, 25 years too late. Uh, okay, that's more like it. With the, the possible extension of another four years. <laughs> <laughs> 25 years, plus or minus, mm, well, plus four years. Four. <laughs> Plus zero to four years. So you like the idea of a smartwatch. You just don't like this one. I don't like the execution on this one. But I'm glad that it's there because, it. I mean, this is something that kind of needs to happen. We talked about this just two episodes ago, ubiquitous computing. Yeah. And this is something that has to happen as part of that. So I'm excited for it and I want it to, to move forward and I want it to push innovation. I just think the Galaxy Gear was not the, like, clearly this is not the, the pinnacle of it. No. This is not the end. There is much more that has to happen. But it's the start. Yes. Isn't there some port of, some something called, like, the personal computing network or something like that? The what? Uh, when they were talking about levels of computer networking, I think there's, like, a new one now, which is called, like, the personal level of uh, networking. So you have, like, the devices on your person that are all networked together. Something okay. like that. I'll have to go look it up at some point in the future. Okay. But instead, let's try and qu- talk about quantum mechanics. Quantum mechanics and Minecraft. Yeah. So now there are two things in Minecraft I don't understand. One, quantum players, physics, and number two, everything about Minecraft. There was a Minecraft, um, not an homage, uh, Minecraft drop, name drop, during uh, the last episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I had no idea what they were talking about. Okay. And I was okay with something about pig man zombies or something. Okay. Yeah, you don't play Minecraft either, do you? I don't play Minecraft. <laughs> I know some references, like I know what a creeper is. 
Yeah, I don't know anything, but really quantum mechanics in Minecraft. So this is produced by Google. Ah, okay. I, I mean, if you didn't know that, Andy, you didn't read the article. No, but it makes sense of why they were doing it. Why are they doing it, Andy? Because they want to get into quantum computing to help uh, basically not have to build. No? Yes, again. Why is Google doing this? Recruitment. Recruitment? Recruitment. Google is using this kind of as as a, like, here's a way to to inform people and to, you know, they're, they're targeting kids playing Minecraft and saying, like, hey, here's a new world with quantum mechanics. Go figure it out. So it's like those weird online quizzes yep. that they had. Yep. Okay. Or the, like, hey, if you can decode this, here's the URL for applying to Google. There were some subway signs that had that. Mm-hmm. So kind of in that similar vein. Now, it's not quite as direct because, again, they're targeting kids. And um, last I knew, they don't hire a lot of kids. But it's getting their name out there and it's getting kids to experience this. Getting kids to think of Google as something else other than that one website. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. No, it has zero, absolutely zero to do with quantum computing. Gotcha. Okay. It is kind of cool, though. Quantum computing makes my head hurt. Quantum mechanics makes my head hurt. So here's a fun experiment. All right. You know if you take two polarized sunglasses and turn them 90 degrees, you don't get any light. Yes. Put a third set of polarized sunglasses at an angle different than the other two, right? Okay. You will get light. What? Yep. And he's going to rush around for polarized sunglasses now. I, I don't. I don't. I only have a pair of polarized sunglasses here. So that well, you can pop out the lens, and then you have two lenses. Okay, then where do I find a third lens? I don't know. <laughs> Go to a gas station. But yeah, if if you take three polarized lenses, put the first one and the last one at ninety degrees, which would block all the light going through it. Introducing another one at a different angle, the light can pass through. Welcome to quantum mechanics. Oh. <laughs> Andy, my head hurts. Mm-hmm. Oh. So speaking of Google. Yes. Way, way back. 2005? Eight years ago, so yeah, 2005. Google, in a company post, said no banner ads on a Google homepage or web search results ever. Fast forward... To today. To today. Well, this week, last week. There are banner ads on Google search results. Where? Well, right now, it's only a test study. So only certain people searching for certain things... We'll see a banner ad. We'll see a banner ad. The internet looks like it did back in 2005. That's what's going on. What? That banner ads were, were very popular back in 2005. Yes. Heck, they're still popular in some They are websites. still popular. I mean, we have one on our site. <laughs> For the five cents a year that it generates. Google responded by saying it is a brand image experiment that is being tested with 30 companies advertising with Google. So if you search for Southwest Airlines, let me see if it does for me. Oh, I don't get the banner ad. I don't think I get a banner ad, but then again, I have ad block on. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, wait a second. I might have to turn off ad block. Hold on. Pause ad block. I still see no ba- I see the, you know, ads related to, but no banner ad. Mm, I guess we're not part of the uh, test study. Nope. So, banner ads on Google search results. Woo! Wait, not woo. No. The banner ad means that only 12% of your browser window is dedicated to the search results you're actually looking for now. 12%? 12% of the screen is now your search I think search part results. of that depends on how big your screen is. True. 
But still, there's a there's a lot of things that are you know not my search results. Well, okay, search results. so I'm I'm looking at what I've got right now. First off, only about two fifths of the screen would be devoted to ads, uh, not ads, to search results. Right, I've got this huge card on the right side that says Southwest Airlines, and it's got information there. Now, that is related to my search. Very true, yes. It's not web pages related to my search, but it's information related to my search. And that's about three-fifths of the screen is that card. Yeah, and I can just scroll in and make it half my screen. Hold on, now I need, I got to get my zoom back to where it was. I mean, hey, if I just shrink my browser window down, now the ads take up almost 100% of the screen. Not ads, results. Very true. Still, though, is this a bad thing that we're now going to get we'll very see if they go through with ads? It. We'll see if they go Google? through with it. I almost prefer the overt advertising to what Google typically does, which is this very underhanded of like, oh, we're just going to promote this result for you. Yeah, I love how we discovered that by accident many years ago when uh, we had somebody from, what was it, Minnesota write in. It was like, yeah, if you search for U of M over here, you get University of Minnesota. Yeah, but I don't think that had anything to do with advertising. I think that had to do with region location and and being uh, location aware. Okay, so basically that's a form of advertising if it's a location aware result. Well, but it's also that if people in Minnesota are searching for U of M, what do you think they're really searching for? University of Minnesota. It's not ad, it's being relevant. It's relevant, but then it has a possibility of being evil. Oh, yeah, definitely. But that's Google, isn't it? Yeah. Like, in a nutshell? It's relevant, but it has a possibility of being evil. Yeah, that's... Sounds pretty Google to me. (laughs) Possibly evil since 2006. Yep, even earlier. True. When was Google founded? Oh, so many moons ago. Google, when was Google founded? So, if you're going to buy a PS4... Yeah, I'm not. I know, but... At least not for a while. And you live in Brazil... You are about to pay out the ass. $1,850. For a PlayStation 4. For a PlayStation 4. That's the U.S. equivalent price. That is a lot of money. Do you know who says that's a lot of money? Kind of surprisingly. Everybody says it's a lot of money, but surprisingly, Sony says that's a lot of Sony money. Sony says that's a lot of like. <laughs> Sony basically is admitting you're getting screwed. So, yeah, sucks to be a Brazilian. Yeah. I mean, until the World Cup comes around. And the Olympics. And the Olympics. It's going to be weird having the Summer Olympics in a southern hemisphere. Because it'll be during the winter. Yeah. Our winter. Their summer. Eh. No, no, no. It's the Summer Olympics. So it's going to be the summer up here. It's going to be the winter down there. Really? Yeah. But it'll still be all the summer games. Yeah. But it'll be cold outside. Yeah, that was the same problem I had when the Olympics were in Sydney. It will be cold. Yeah. For summer games. Mm-hmm. Aren't most of the summer games outdoors? Yes. Where they expect it to be warm? Mm-hmm. But it will be cold. Yes. What are they going to do? Have the games. But it will be cold. I don't understand what you're missing of this point. It's going to be cold. Yes, we agree on that. It's going to be the summer games. Yes, we agree on that. It's not the smartest move, but that's what they're doing. Wouldn't they be better off to hold it, you know, during the actual summer down there? Yes, but then it would be held during the middle of winter. But it would be summer. But the viewers don't care. No. Laura was pointing out it would mess up viewership, and my point is the viewers don't care because it's the Olympics. They'll watch it when they watch it. Friggin' North-centric goddamn politics. Let's see, the Sydney Olympics in 2000, they were held in, I think, what, September? I don't know. Mean average in September 
is right around 20 degrees Celsius. Which is what Fahrenheit? Let's see. It's, is that 9 fifths plus 32 or is that 5 ninths plus 32? 68 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> So it wasn't too cold down there. Right, because that's Sydney. Yeah. What's the record low of Sydney? I don't know. I feel like this is questions for Wolfram Alpha that I don't have at the moment. Climate of Sydney. The record low in September is 40 degrees Fahrenheit. The record low The record low for the year is 35 degrees Fahrenheit, which is above freezing. Okay, so it's not as cold. Yeah. Well, what's the record low for Rio? I don't know. You're, well, you're looking up record low temperatures, so... Climate of Rio does not exist. The lowest temperature ever recorded in the 21st century was 46 degrees Fahrenheit for Rio de Janeiro. It's about the same climate as Miami, so there you go. Yeah, so it will be... So the record low, their lowest temperature is in June, whenever the Olympics... Let's see if they have set the dates yet. Rio 2016 dates... August 5th through the 21st. So you're looking at 66 to 67 degrees, somewhere around there. So it's going to be chilly. But it's not pretty good, be, actually. Yeah, it's not going to be bad. It's just going to be slightly chilly. Okay. Hey, the runners are going to love that. Right. Like, that's perfect temperature for running. Yeah, oh, that's perfect. Well, good for them. Yeah, I love how Sony, though, is stating that, like, look, 63% of this price is due to taxes. Not our yep. fault. It's like, not us. Swear to you, not us. 63% import taxes, though. That's just a... Does that seem a little crazy? I mean, they need to get money from somewhere. You, you have to remember, Brazil is like a huge, booming economy. So the money is coming from somewhere. True. In this case, it's coming from imports. And it's coming from ridiculous taxation on electronics. $1,800 for a PlayStation 4. Yeah, I'm going to pass at that price. God, at that price, Andy, you could buy like three or four of them here, take a trip to Rio, sell them at half market value. You want me to smuggle PS4s into Rio? Just say you're going there to scout for the Olympics. With a bunch of PS4s? That doesn't seem right. It's for Olympic City. I'm still bringing them in, though, so I will still have to pay an import tax. Only if they recognize it. You can also probably just grease a certain palm. <laughs> Are you trying to get me in a Brazilian jail? Is that what's going on? Uh, that would actually be a very bad choice for me as far as the future of this show. <laughs> I'd prefer my co-host not be stuck in a Brazilian jail. Andy, don't bring a PS4 to Brazil. Okay. You just need to convince someone else to do it. <laughs> get a PS4 smuggling ring. Black market for the black box. Yep. So what is this woman suing somebody over? Uh, so this, this old woman in Korea yes. was playing a virtual game. Okay. All right. We've all, you know, most of us have been there and been doing it. And in, in this game, the name of the game escapes me for a moment. Hang on one second. I'll... Lineage. Li oh, it's in Lineage. Okay. Keep in mind, Lineage 2 has been out for some time. Okay. Uh, so she's playing Lineage. In Lineage, you can disenchant uh, an item. Or rather, you can enchant an item. Uh, and enchanting the item has a percent chance to break the item. Oops. Okay. She had an item, very rare, worth approximately 28,000 U.S. dollars. What? Yeah, you thought Eve was bad. $28,000 for a virtual sword? Yep. And so she tried to enchant it. Oops. And it broke. Double oops. And so now it's worthless. And so she sued, saying, I misclicked. I love how there's a court document of her game log. Yep. That's, that's great. Uh, so basically the court said, no. <laughs> 
We don't care. Also, you were disenchanting a ton of other things at the time or enchanting a ton of other things at the time. Uh, no. <laughs> nope, you, you don't get that. But she tried to sue them for this item to get them to restore it. Like, uh, seriously tried to sue. Oh, goodness. What is this 64-year-old woman doing that she's able to, you know... She's 64. She's retired. True. I want to retire when I'm 64. <laughs> Andy, you and I are going to be lucky to retire by 75. Oh, poor lady. But she did it to herself, so it's not that. Totally did it to herself. Really not poor lady at all. Uh, Cars Bluetooth. Yeah, um, there's a city who wants to study traffic flow, which makes sense because if you're a city, you got to figure out where you need traffic or not where you need where you need to worry about traffic. Um, How they're doing it, though, is they want to use the uh, Bluetooth devices in the cars. So if your car has a Bluetooth connection, they're going to scan that to figure out where the traffic is. Isn't that what U of M was doing? Oh, they had a whole more complicated system than that. Featuring cellular up and down connections. Okay. This one would just have something on the side of the road, and as you drove by, it would ping your Bluetooth. And since, you know, most of the cars are just automatically built to be discoverable by devices, it would find mm. the car. So right this now, is only cars that have Bluetooth. And, and we're not worried about this being, like, Bluetooth plugged into the onboard diagnostics. Right, this is Bluetooth from like the car's media center. Yes. Uh, let's see the traffic signal operator for Clark County, where this is happening, up in uh, Vancouver, I do believe, says right now we are seeing between three and five percent of traffic broadcasting in discoverable modes. And it's not just the car, right? If my phone were on discoverable mode. Yes. Hmm. From that information, we can track MAC addresses of the car and get a timestamp of when cars enter and exit areas that they were scanning. Okay, that's starting to get a little creepy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, literally, literally the, the guy who's in charge of this says it sounds kind of like big brother right yeah yeah like i'm okay with providing you with the fact that someone is here not okay with providing i'm here it's a very fine distinction isn't it yeah yeah well, well yes it'd be good to, you know track traffic to understand hey we probably need a stoplight here or b we need to time this better so traffic doesn't get backed up or see, hey, there's a lot of, you know, there's a car coming down this road, no cars during that road, change the light. Yeah, but, so that's, that's good. But I don't want them to know it's me. Okay, so what they're, what they're doing is, because like, this is the guy who's in charge of this, it's like, yes, I realize this is Big Brother type of territory. So they're stripping out half of the MAC address. Okay, that's a little better. Yeah, so it won't be able to, you, they can it, still figure out, like, the second it, half of your MAC the, address. Uh, okay, see, that's what I was about to ask, is it the first half or the second half? Because the it, first half is the manufacturer, and I the know, second half like, is the actual, uh, kind of, like, unique person. Yeah, it doesn't say which uh, half it strips. It just says it strips half the address. Huh. Which, if you stripped off all the unique identifiers, then you just have a bunch of manufacturer IDs, and they would all be, a lot of them would probably be the same. Yep. Hmm. Further, if the system finds a device that isn't moving through the corridor, it quits tracking it. <laughs> it's a person standing by one of the things. Yeah. Okay, see, now I kind of want to, like, actually turn my Bluetooth devices off of Discover Mode. <laughs> That's, I only turn on my Bluetooth when I need to use Bluetooth. Yep. It's an extra, what, three seconds? To turn it on? Yeah. Well, it depends. Or, you know, are you talking about your phone's Bluetooth or your car's Bluetooth? Um, well, I use the, my phone's Bluetooth, and then I connect it with my GPS's Bluetooth, or I connect it with an earbud Bluetooth. Outside of those two things, I don't really have the Bluetooth on. And so th- that's what they say in the final line. is that The bottom line is, if you don't want the system to find your device, simply turn off, turn off your device. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's a it's slightly creepy, slightly cool. Yeah, kind of combination. Okay. Day um, 1, Gary's incident. 
Okay. Game that came out recently. All right. A YouTube gaming reviewer named Total Biscuit did not like it and posted bad stuff about it. Which he's entitled to be, because if it's a bad game, then... uh... Right. Wild Games Studio, the people who produced it, requested to YouTube that they take down the review on copyright issues. What? Oh. Uh, (laughs) Total Biscuit said, what the fuck, this was a review... And people went nuts, and the company has since rescinded the copyright takedown and said, oops, that was really stupid of us. (laughs) Yeah, because nothing helps bad publicity than pointing out bad publicity. I mean, more the, like, we are trying to censor negative reviews of our own product kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, that was... Like, that's, that's not good. No. That's really not good. So that happened. Oh, that was not smart. No. Yay, censorship. Okay, what else we got? I think that's uh, it. Yeah, I think that's it. Random review. Okay. Uh, it is your week. Yes. I would like to review the Detroit Marathon. What? You are going to review a marathon? Yeah. Okay. So, first and foremost, it's a marathon. 26.4, right? 26.2. 26.2 miles. Hey, not bad for never yeah. having run or taken interest in a marathon. Um, it's normally held every year in late October, normally around the 19th or the 20th. Next year, well, This year was the 20th, but next year is going to be the 19th. So it's a late October run. Um, it's unique for two things. One is the fact that you are running, you start running in Detroit, then you run over the Ambassador Bridge into Canada. Yes, and then you run back. Yeah, then you run around Canada for a little bit, and then you take uh, an underwater tunnel back into Detroit. So it's unique that the fact that it's an international marathon, that you're running literally across national borders and back again. And so that's pretty unique. The other unique thing is um, the cost. If you get in early enough, which registration starts on New Year's Day, the price for running the marathon is only $65, which to put in comparison, will take another large city marathon that's run in late October, the Chicago Marathon. Would that seem to be an equal comparison? Large city marathon, late October? I mean, Chicago's larger, but okay. Okay. Well, it's the closest one that I could think of at the time. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would see if the Cleveland has a late October marathon, because that would probably be a closer comparison. But go the on. Chicago, the Chicago marathon's cost, once registration opened, was $175. So, 65 Yeah, $175. Almost three times as much. Yeah. Now, the Detroit marathon's price starts to get up to that point if you register, you know, like a week or two before the event, or when, you know, before it sells out. How does a marathon sell out? Well, they only allowed uh, 6000 people to run the marathon there they have there's not it's not just a marathon though they also have two half marathons and a 5k also running that same day there's the international half marathon which is the first half of the marathon where you run into canada and then back again that's a half marathon on that half and then they also have a, a u.s only half marathon which is the second half of the marathon route which you run through detroit for a bit then out onto belle isle and then back into detroit there are thirteen thousand people who run the uh international half marathon six thousand people run the uh, full marathon and there's I think was like 1500 people that ran the US only marathon okay so it's an interesting run. There's lots of people. Um, my personal review of it, it feels like there's two different races going on. You have the start of the race. You have all these 13,000 international half marathon people who are running. And a lot of them are running crazy. Like it's it's a flat start. And then you have to literally like run all the way up the Ambassador Bridge, which is, I think, like 600, 700 feet above the river. So it's a big, huge climb up there. And then you're stuck down into two lanes with semis still traveling over the bridge. Ooh. Yeah. They they don't close down the bridge completely. There's literally still traffic on the bridge. Next to you on well, the Well, because there's a ton of traffic that goes on that bridge anyway. Yeah. 
So yeah, shutting down that bridge and the tunnel, which are the basically the two ways to get over to Windsor from Detroit at the same time would be ridiculous. Right. So yeah, you actually have to uh, make it to the bridge by, I think, 9 a.m. Otherwise, you're cut off from the rest of the race. Oh, sad. So yeah, there is there is a finite time that you have to actually make it to the bridge before they completely reopen the bridge for everybody. Um, but it's just chaos in the first half because you have all the half marathoners who are running half marathon speed. So they're running a lot faster than you. And there's also a new time period people who, for some odd reason, want to stop in the middle of the bridge where everybody's crowded on these two lanes and take pictures. <laughs> so you're in the middle of the race. You literally stop in the middle of the road to take a picture. And you're just like, really? Like, um, guys, guys, running. <laughs> could you step to the side and do it? Could you do something? Could you not stop in the middle of I the mean, road? I mean, just don't stop for their pictures. Like, if you're in their picture, sucks to be them. Yeah, that's what I know. I just keep running. Yeah. I think that's that's totally okay and understandable yeah. in that look in that sort of situation. So that's it's mostly like that for the first half of the marathon. There's tons of people in Canada and in Detroit. When you come out of the tunnel, side note, running in the tunnel, hot and sweaty. Of course, every, everybody's been running for seven miles at that point, and then you get into the tunnel, and it's not really that good of air circulation. So you have 1,300 hot, sweaty people running through a tight and closed space. Not yep. good. But when you come out of the tunnel, it's literally like just like a wall of people cheering you on. So that's amazing. Aww. Especially when you're running towards Cobalt Hall because just, it's just tons and tons of people there. Um, which it's mostly like that for the first half of the marathon. And then once you pass the point where the half marathon people split off, it turns into Detroit the ghost town. Because <laughs> A, there's spots where there's no houses anymore and it's just, you know, empty fields. Mm-hmm. And B, the the amount of spectators that you see, you could probably count on your two hands. Because it's Detroit. Yeah, there's not all... It's 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 almost feels like it was built for a half marathon, and they're like, oh, well, we got this extra space. We can just run a full marathon through the rest of it. Why not? You know. Yeah, so there's... there's Oh, shoot, I also forgot. There's a uh, five-team relay for the marathon as well. What? Yeah, so you can, you can split up the marathon with uh, four other people. So one person would run the first leg for the first five miles. Another person in Canada would run back to... Detroit, and then every five miles or so, six miles, something like that, there would be another spot, and so you'd have a relay. Huh. So it's fun for the first half. It's very self-reflective during the second half because there's nobody out there. So I would honestly suggest bring an iPod because you're going to have about 13 miles of nothing. <laughs> of just like barren waste. Yeah, there's there's pockets of people every once in a while. There's a lot of people who stop on the MacArthur Bridge that goes to Belle Isle because you're both running to Belle Isle and from Belle Isle on the same bridge. Mm-hmm. So people can cheer for you twice and without having to move. But outside of that, yeah, there's a lot of nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. So, um... Oh, a big caveat for the fact, since if you're going to be running the full marathon or the international half, you're going over the borders, you need to have either a passport or an enhanced driver's license, something to actually get you over the border. So you got to make sure all your paperwork is set ahead of time. Yep. And also, you cannot pick your packet up the day of. Has to be before? Has to be before. You have to be there either the Friday or Saturday before the marathon to pick up your packet. This which, this really seems like it, it, a lot of trouble for running. Like, really, if if I were training for a marathon, couldn't I just go outside and run for 26 miles? You could do that. You could, you know, I could step out right now and run for 26. Well, I don't know if I could. I, no, I probably could. Probably get about 20 miles in and then be like, oh, my God, what did I do? Right. But, yeah, you can. Nobody is stopping people from just getting out and running. But it's almost a unique situation. Like, how often are you going to be? There's no foot traffic allowed on the Ambassador Bridge. There's no foot traffic allowed through the Windsor Tunnel. 
phenomenal. So it's kind of you're running for a unique experience, which this okay, definitely except has. You've now done this for two years in a row, so it's not really unique anymore, is it? It's still interest. It's still fun and interesting. It gives me a goal to do. Okay. It's like I sign up for sixty five dollars January first, and so I know come October I'm going to be running. So it's always good to have that long term goal, saying, "Hey, you know, you should. You're going to be running a marathon. No ifs, ands, or buts. You should probably get off your butt and do something." Or else you've lost sixty five dollars. Yeah. Okay. Which the bigger actual cost of this event is um, since you have to pick up your packet the day before. If you're coming from out of town. You have to stay in a hotel. You have to stay in a hotel. Or your parents' house, which is about half an hour away from Detroit. Which I would prefer the hotel because, A, you would have to drive into Detroit at, you know, 5, 6 o'clock in the morning because the race starts at 7 and most of the roads get shut down around 6. Uh-huh. So you'd have to drive in and find parking and then take the people mover or something in. And then, you know, have to worry about all the roads and everything and driving home when you're hot and sweaty and just run a marathon. So it's almost like the hotel almost is a requirement for out-of-towners or even people who are not, you know, Detroit-specific. Mm-hmm. So you still, you'd also have to take the, that cost into account as well. And you're paying downtown Detroit prices. So it's $150 plus for a hotel that doesn't have a refrigerator or Wi-Fi. So yeah, there's lots of goods and lots of bads about it. Am I going to be doing it again? Yes. It seems to be my one race that I am going to be doing every year. It's your so, annual event. Yeah, it's my one guaranteed annual event. So like I said, there are some pluses and there are some minuses. So okay. that's a pretty substantial review about it. Any other questions? I'm good. Okay. Random topic? Random topic. <laughs> How deliciously ironic. What is your favorite fast food restaurant? So <laughs> after, after, after talking talk- about <laughs> running for health, yeah. what is your, your favorite fast food restaurant? Fast food restaurant. On a side note, I normally actually go and try and my, my post marathon or race meal is actually going to uh, McDonald's and getting a Big Mac extra value meal, large size. Ooh. I'm not a fan of Big Mac. I do get their double quarter pounder with cheese meal, though. God, I can barely finish a double quarter pounder. Really? That is a lot of meat and cheese. I Before I was diagnosed, I would actually eat two. Holy cow. I'd just, like, sit down and start eating and keep eating. You know what I actually have to say? The best McDonald's I had was when we were going to see curling in London. There was a McDonald's there, and they were selling double Big Macs. Ooh. So you'd get yeah, twice you could, a- you could probably try and order a double Big Mac here. Yeah, I haven't actually tried that. I should. They do allow you to order off the menu from time to time. I'll have to try that when I'm ever at McDonald's and, you know, it's not crazy at 1230. Right. Um, So McDonald's is definitely high up on the list. I can't deny that. Does Chipotle count as fast food? No, you're, you're in and out pretty quickly. So if Chipotle counts, then I think Chipotle probably wins for me as far as favorite fast food. It's damn tasty. You know what's also damn tasty and also freakingly fast? Jimmy John's? Jimmy John's. Jimmy John's is pretty good. Oh. I I don't know. I mean, Jimmy John's is, is, I look at it as kind of the healthier alternative, and so it's definitely higher up because of that. I get the the nine on which, which is a lot of meats and cheeses and lettuce and no bread. But But you would still like your Chipotle burrito? Well, no, I get the burrito bowl. Oh. Because I can't have a burrito. You can't even have the corn burrito? I haven't checked. But why would I do that when I can get a burrito bowl? True. And sometimes you can actually get more meat in the burrito bowl than you can in the burrito. And in fact, what I do is I I basically make a dip. So I go to Chipotle. I get uh, 
a barbacoa bowl with the corn and the tomato sauces and the cheese and lettuce and fajita veggies and rice and beans. And then I just buy a bag of chips. That could work. I just dip the chips into the bowl and scoop it up and it's delicious. I wonder if I could blend it. Will it blend? I could blend that and actually have a dip. It would be gross, (laughs) but it would taste so good. Oh, um, I like pot bellies. What is with me in some places? Okay, pot bellies is not fast food. I figure I figure fast food is any restaurant where you don't have to sit down first. Andy, you can go to most restaurants in order to go. True, and that will still take some time to make. Pot bellies normally we get in we can get in and out of pot bellies in ten minutes if needed. Noodles and company is that fast food. I don't know. I've never actually been to Noodles and Company. You've never gone is, to a Noodles and Company? I know, which is surprising with the amount of pasta that I do eat. Andy, I think I have to take you to a Noodles and Company. <laughs> I know there's one on Westnidge. I could go there right now if I wanted to. It's pretty damn good. I do actually need to eat lunch. Go to Noodles. Try it out. Kate will ask me, why did you go to Noodles? Dave told me to. <laughs> he started with, would you kindly? I had to. <laughs> would you kindly go check out Noodles and Company? <laughs> okay. There we go. That was such a good game. Oh. Such a good game. If there were any game that I could willingly forget so that I could play it again... It'd be that one? It would be that one. Yeah. The the reveal is just so well pulled off. Okay, and I do... Um, some of them are hit and misses, but Subway's actually pretty... No, no. no? Subway, Subway lost all respect from me when I found out that their salad costs extra. What? Yep. To make a sub into a salad, which is to say to leave off the bread, which is the most expensive part of the sub, costs extra. Well, that's not right. Yeah. So I dislike Subway. I dislike him because I can get basically two meals for five bucks. From one sub? Yeah. Foot long? Yeah, foot long with everything on it. Yep. That thing is freaking massive. And it's full of veggies, too. So you're just like, oh, I'm fine with this. (laughs) So it's got to be good for you. Yeah, not the way that I, uh... It's one of those things where people are like, oh yeah, Subway's the healthy choice. I'm like, not with the food that I get. Not how I order it. I get my uh, Italian BMDs, so I have two types of Italian, I think, pepperoni and salami and some ham on there, too. And then I add oil and vinegar and mayo and chipotle. It's it's not healthy by the time I get out of there. No, no. McDonald's fries. Oh, I don't know what they're doing with their fries, but I have not had any other fries that have tasted as good as McDonald's fries. McDonald's fries, I think, are probably... See, the thing is, you can't say which one do you like the best. They all have good pieces. Yeah. Burger King of, like, all the fast food major fast foods best salads and the hershey pie and evidently a hershey pie wendy's the frosty oh the frosty you i mean dairy queen doesn't have that it's not nearly that good i think wendy's also does all the spicy chicken stuff the yep. best the like, spicy the chicken lowers their nuggets yeah. yeah wendy's does chicken good there's no better chicken sandwiches than wendy's chicken sandwiches um the the I mean McDonald's nuggets are okay, but McDonald's fries really takes the the winner there. Chipotle is going to be your best burritos. Taco Bell has got like the most food for your buck. Yep, Taco Bell. If you just need food, just go to Taco Bell. Taco Bell, three tacos and you're good. Yep, for like three fifty. And it has Baja Blast, which is the best Mountain Dew ever, which you can only get at Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. KFC. Never actually been to KFC. Yeah, nothing from KFC. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it, it, there is no single best. It's hard to give a favorite when you enjoy all of them for different reasons. Right. It's like asking me which of my children I would prefer. You have no children. I have no children. So it's not like asking you which children would you prefer. Okay, it's asking which of my hypothetical future children do I love more. Does that work? Kinda. Okay. What if one of your future children is a dick? 
Do you think I would have one of my kids grow up to be a dick? Well, do you? I'm just going to stay silent. Oh, come on. Um, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can't pick a favorite. It, we've gone over good things of each of them. Yeah, it's really hard. To All right, so let's, let's do this. Instead of picking a favorite, Andy, if you could only have one fast food restaurant for the rest of your life. If I was stuck with one fast food restaurant the rest of my life. Yep. Like if you were going to go out for fast food, this is the only place you could go. I would have to say Jimmy John's then because it is my, for the reason is the fact that normally when I go to a fast food restaurant, I have a very specific item or two items that I would normally choose to eat. And that's it. I would only pick like one or two items off the menu. Mm -hmm. With Jimmy John's though, I have the largest selection selection of things that I have tried and enjoyed. Okay, so you have the most versatility. Yeah, I have the most versatility coming from one restaurant. What would you say? Probably Chipotle. Similar reasoning, that there's there's multiple ways it can be prepared and a lot of different things you can do. Well, there's our answers then. Alright, there we go. So, uh, I guess that's a wrap. That's it. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening.